Hello, I'm so glad to be with you again today. We are definitely living in troubled times and I don't want anybody to think that I'm just glossing over uh, these difficulties that we are encountering in our nation and throughout the world. It is the first time in my lifetime that we have seen such a pandemic. Uh, there have been pandemics before, but I doubt that they were as pervasive as this one is. And uh, nations are shutting down, the, the economies are shutting down, people are enclosed in their homes. This is a grave situation. Uh, I wanna bring to you an encouraging word. I'm not gonna gloss over things. I would like to say, frankly, that many in the world are glossing over this. Oh, we're gonna get through this. We've always gotten through things. But I am here to say that we will get through this in God. We will get through this through Jesus Christ. I wanted to encourage you today with a message entitled, Why I Love God. Uh, I want you to know why I love him so much. Car uh, coronavirus uh, has changed our world forever. Our normal has been changing for some time now, but I believe we may have taken a giant leap past this new normal that we have been experiencing uh, towards the end of the age. I think this is very, very likely, not only because of cor uh, coronavirus, but uh, there are other things that have happened, the fires in Australia, uh, the earthquake uh, in Utah, Alabama, uh, now um, in um, uh, Croatia, and now coronavirus. I, I think that all of these things happening with such rapidity are a sign to us that things are happening the way that Jesus told us they would happen. Now, I know that many of us who study the scriptures come up with different conclusions, but we don't come up with different scriptures. And that means that we have to determine what God says or ask God, God, we know what you said, rather, but what do you mean by these things? I think that he is speaking very loudly to us, and God is not causing it. I know when these things happen sometimes, especially in, in storms, etc., people would say things like, oh, uh, that's an act of God. It is not an act of God. It is an act of nature. And the scripture teaches us that in the latter times that there would be upheavals in nature. And we want to address this. We don't want you to just uh, form an opinion without the scriptures. Uh, let's um, look at today three emphasis. Uh, there are three emphasis to this message. It's number one, can God be trusted? Number two, God keeps his promises and his character is unchangeable. Now, these are three reasons why I love God. And I want you to know that God has manifested himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And whatever God does for us, he does it through Christ. So Jesus Christ is indispensable to your understanding of the trustability of God or the trustworthiness of God, or the fact that God does keep his promises. And it doesn't matter what is said or done, God keeps his promises. And his character is unchangeable. Let us look at some scriptures from the, the Old Testament. We will start with Exodus chapter 34, uh, verse 5. The scripture reads, Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, speaking of Moses, and proclaim the name of the Lord. 
And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. And so we find here is that God tells Moses who he is. And inherent in this name of God is Yahweh, the Lord, the Yahweh descendant. Yahweh is the name of the Lord. Uh, and so this name Yahweh shows us uh, God's relationship to his people. And he tells us who he is. Who he is is enclosed in his name. And now he is disclosing that to us. He says he is merciful. So when you see all of the death and destruction uh, by storms and by uh, plagues, we know that God is merciful. Now, these things oftentimes come up on ourselves uh, because of something we have done. Whenever we say those things, uh, those of us who are in the faith uh, community, uh, oftentimes we are attacked because people want want to exonerate themselves. They want to declare themselves innocent or not guilty of uh, complicity in these things. That is, we have taken part in uh, many of the things that come upon us. And he said, but God is merciful. So if you're in this audience today and you are, are not a believer, I want you to know, and I would like for you to continue to listen, God is merciful and he is gracious, full of grace. God has so much grace to give us. That is unmerited favor. God doesn't reward us always because we deserve it. God gives us good things even when we don't deserve it. I know that has been true in my life. And I would say, regardless of whether or not you understand that or know that, he has been good to you and very gracious to you. He is long-suffering, which means he is very patient. Uh, and he, as it were, puts up with things, not because he agrees with them, but because that's who he is. That's what his name uh, uh, is defined as. His name shows us who he is. Inherent in his name is his long suffering, his graciousness, his mercifulness. And he, the scripture says he, he abounds in goodness and truth. So that means that God is super abundantly filled with goodness and truth. So that is the very nature of God is goodness. The very nature of God is truth. And he keeps mercy for thousands. So that means that God is always looking for an opportunity to be merciful. In, in today's day, we have this coronavirus that is terrible, wreaking havoc all over the world. But God is looking for an opportunity to be merciful to all of us. And we must seek God because he forgives iniquity and transgressions. So our misdeeds, God wants to forgive. So we should ask him, Lord, if I've done anything wrong, forgive me. Lord, if we have done anything wrong, forgive us because God will not clear the guilty. And so what that means is that God will be faithful to, uh, to defend his character. God must defend his character. So he cannot just, uh, God cannot just let people go on in their sin and their offense to his very nature and character. He must 
defend his character. So God uh, revealed his name, uh, which means he revealed his own character to Moses. He told Moses that he, Yahweh, is full of compassion, full of grace. Uh, he is loyal. He is loving. He is faithful. He is reliable. And he totally forgives us. So I would like for those of us to know that God isn't trying to hurt us. As a matter of fact, God is, did not send coronavirus to hurt us. Coronavirus is a result of something that we have done. But God is looking for an opportunity to bless us. This is why I love God. He can <clears throat> be trusted. He can be trusted. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, the scripture says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So what God wants us to do is trust him. You can trust God as, as a sinner. And when I decided that I was going to trust God, my life changed. I thought, hmm, life is not working out too well for me. So I need to trust God as I had been reared to do. You can do that too. And remember, God did not send coronavirus. Coronavirus is here. God is not sending the earthquakes, but all of these things are happening. These upheavals in nature, all of the pestilences are happening because the whole of creation is groaning. But the Bible teaches us that those of us who are of faith, those of us who have received Jesus as our Savior, that even inside us, there's a groaning, waiting for God to uh, uh, finish the adoption process. That is, we are sons of God now, but the process, the adoption process, will be completed in the resurrection when we receive new bodies. I would like to continue by saying God's history is that he can be trusted. And we have this history with him. Also, God's history is that he never changes. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, he says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So then, that means that he is always good, he is always loving, he is always kind, he is always looking for a place to bless us. He wants to bless you. He does not want to harm you. So the second point I want to make is God keeps his promises. So you can, you can know this, that God's promises are his promises. What does that mean? It means that when God promises you something, he will do it. And that promise is an unconditional promise unless he attaches a condition. So if God doesn't say, I will do this if you will do that, then God, and uh, if God doesn't say that, uh, he's not going to make his promises conditional. I would say to you, when you look at the New Testament and the New Covenant, God's promises are unconditional. That means when God says, I will bless you, he will bless you regardless of your conduct. He will bless you. If he says that, he will bless you. I know that there are those who would say, oh, no, I don't think so. Yes, there are many uh, sinners who are highly blessed because God determined to bless them. And God is good. So this is what we know. God is good. Let's look at uh, some uh, scripture in Exodus chapter 33, verse, verse 12. Let's start in verse 12, and perhaps we'll read maybe six or seven, eight verses. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, 
and you have also found grace in my sight. So God said to Moses, you have found grace in my sight. In other words, I'm going to be good to you, Moses. I'm going to be good to you all your days. And so verse 13 says, now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And God said, my presence will go with you that into the land, into Canaan or, or yeah, the land of promise. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then uh, he said to God, Moses said to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And, and uh, then Moses asked God to show me your glory. And, and God says, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So this is how we see God working. God says, I'm going to do what you've asked. Why, Moses? Because you found grace in my sight. I want you to know that every believer here, God is saying, you have found grace in my sight. I am pleased with you. God may not be pleased with our present conduct or the way we are walking out our faith, but he is pleased with us. He is not pleased with the habits that we have, but he is pleased with us because he has given us Jesus Christ. God keeps his promises. If God told you that you're going to live a long life, it doesn't matter what is lurking outside your door, you will live a long life. That means you will beat it. I like to talk about Spanish from time to time in my uh, congregation here. I, I like to, you well know that I do. Uh, one of the words I like to define is the word for a survivor is called in Spanish a sobreviviente. A sobreviviente is a person who lives above the problem, uh, lives on top of the problem. They live above the problem, boy, and, and they're enveloped so that the problem can't get them. So what that means is when God promises that he is going to be with you, I will be with you, God keeps that. I will be with you. That's what God means. I will be with you. It doesn't mean that you and I will not suffer some pain, heartbreak, but God will be with us to deliver us. God is going to deliver us, not as the world says. The world says, oh, we're going to get through this. Don't worry. We've always gotten through everything. Not so with the believer. The believer must say, we're going to get through this in Christ. Let me read a scripture to you from Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 through 14. Uh, this is when um, uh, Judah was in Babylonian captivity. God gave them a promise. He says, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. So God says, I'm going to do it after 70 years. And so God had made a promise, an unconditional promise. In 70 years, I'm going to come and deliver you. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And so what God is saying is, I know what I'm thinking. I have good plans for you. I believe God has good plans for me. You can believe that God has good plans for you. And God will keep his word. And God will do just as he said. 
Now let me read to you a little bit in, uh, or recite to you a little bit in Jeremiah uh, in the Spanish Bible. It says, uh, God is telling uh, Judah, when Babylon, uh, the years there have completed, 70 years, I will visit you. Now this is how my Spanish ver version reads it. I'm, I'm translating it in English, of course. And I will honor my promise in favor of you. And I will uh, cause you to return to this place because I know very well the plans I have for you, affirms the Lord. Plans um, of well-being and not calamity to bring you uh, to an end, a future and a hope. And then when I do this, you will call to me and I will come and I will answer your prayer, your supplication. L L Jesus tells us in Matthew eleven twenty eight. he says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, Jesus is telling us uh, who he is. I will give you rest. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And, and he says, I am meek, I am lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So God, God uh, may say, makes a promise. He says, God made a promise to bless everyone on, on whom his name had been placed. So he, he told Abraham to bless his people and put his name upon them. And he said this in Numbers 24, 5, and 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. He says, so they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, Paul says, let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So he says, the solid foundation of the Lord stands sure. The Lord knows those who are his. And you and I name the name of the Lord. Therefore, the blessings of the Lord are upon us. His character is unchangeable. The Lord's character is unchangeable. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18, he says, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you, and therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion and at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. This is what God is saying to those of us who are here today. Now he says, though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. But your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Wherever you turn to the right or or on the right hand or on the left, you'll hear the word of God. I would like to say that God's character is unchangeable. I'm going to read this one, this verse, because he always helps his people in trouble. In Psalm chapter, uh, uh, Psalm 3 rather, starting in verse 1, he says, Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say, of me, there's no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. 
I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. This is what I want you to do. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. And then the psalmist says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who set themselves against me all around. And if David was not fearful of ten thousands of his enemies, then you and I should not be intimidated or fearful in this hour. Let us pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you because you are a wonderful God. You're full of mercy, full of grace. You abound in goodness. You're faithful at all times. You're reliable. You are trustable. And we thank you and we trust you. We have a history with you. Our history with you is a wonderful history. We thank you for everyone who is under the sound of my voice. And I say, not as the world says, I say, we're going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Why? Because you said you would hear our cry. When we call unto you, you would hear and you would answer. And therefore, I know everything is going to be all right for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we thank you today for them. Now, Father, I pray that those who are in this audience today who ask you to forgive them of their sins and come into their heart will be heard by you. And today you will include them in your company of people and you will hear their prayer, their cry. You will hear their prayer through Jesus Christ, I pray. I thank you. Amen.